Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Get your Bibles, and I want you to go to John, the Gospel of John, and today we're going to continue our series on prayers of the heart, and today we're going to talk about praying or pray about everything, so prayers of the heart, and today we're going to begin to talk about it's prayers that pray about anything. And let me just say this, prayers of the heart, let's go with this, number one, are short and simple. Number two, they pray unceasingly. And number three, they pray about everything. So you may say, how should we pray? Pray short and simple. Remember what Billy Graham said, if you pray long over the meal, sin is in your heart. And so prayer should be short and simple. Prayer should not leave us exhausted. It should invigorate us. The next one you may say, uh, when should we pray? unceasingly, meaning all the time. And I love what uh, Wendell's pastor, our mentor said, Brother Iverson, he said, rarely did I pray an hour in my day, but in my awakening hours, there wasn't an hour I did not pray. And that is a powerful position to place our hearts and mind that we, we are aware of God. And remember last week uh, with St. Francis de Salle said, how we pray unceasingly, number one, we ask. Number two, we offer. Number three, we accept. And when we do that, when we ask, then it becomes a sacrament. It is the sacrament, which is a channel or the power of God of the present moment and to be present or mindful is a trendy spiritual point however you could be a secular person and be mindful of yourself and of your current circumstance however not be aware of God and I want to bring God into every point of my life and when we offer that to God it does and we're not just offering going to church on Sunday but all our lives our eating our drinking our playing our sleeping our walking around life and we offer offer it to God, then that becomes a sacrifice. And uh, our worship today has been a sacrifice. And then when we accept, then we surrender. And that's how we pray unceasingly. But what should we pray about? So how, when, and what should we pray about? I want you to really hear this about everything. You should pray about everything. Now, I want you to know this. Thomas Merton, a great Catholic theologian, I love his writings. He was asked, how can one improve their prayer life? He said this, one word, one word, one word, time. He said, before you work on the technique of praying, I would say actually don't work on the technique because prayer is a conversation, but it takes time to learn how to converse with anyone. So I would say it's time. I agree with Thomas Merton that it is time. When it comes to petitionary prayers, prayers that are asking for something of God, whether it's for ourselves, someone else, a group of people, or even a nation, they begin with asking. I want you to really just write that word down, asking. Now, in the Greek, when the word ask is there, oftentimes it means desire. And what are you desiring? In Romans 10.1, Paul says this, my heart's desire 
desire and prayer for Israel is that they would be saved. So he's asking for his nation, his people, but he's putting his heart's desire into that asking. And I believe prayers will never be efficacious if we do not mix them with our heart or the desire of our heart. And so I want you to begin to ponder this. Many people say, why pray? And what is it to pray? Now, I want you to know this. Write this down or at least ponder with me. Prayer does not change things. Why pray? Prayer does not change things. Why pray? Prayer doesn't change things, but God who hears prayer changes things. Are you with me? So when we are praying and asking, I'm not trying to change God's mind. I'm trying to get my own mind to change. I'm trying to get my perspective to change. I want my perspective about God, life, the current situation. I want that to change. But prayer actually doesn't change things. It's the God who's living and breathing, who lives to intercede. He is the one who changes things. Our God is in the changing business. Can you say amen? And I want you to know this. God is good and desires to do good things to be a reality in our lives. Then God will do it. God is good and immutable. Therefore, God does not need to be convinced to be good and do good. So I put this down. Prayer does not change things. It's God who changes things. And so today, like the church fathers, Augustine, Benedict, many others, they said through prayer, the believer would become more noble, more elevated in their life. And Martin Luther said it this way. We just soon quote a Protestant today as well. Martin Luther said, our people live well because they pray well. And praying well is when we pray short and simple, when we pray unceasingly, and most of all, when we pray about everything. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 16 and we really want to learn how to pray from the heart. So we're going to begin to read in verse 23 to 24, John 16, 23 and 24. And we're talking about asking from the heart. And this is what Jesus said in John. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Did you get that? So Jesus is the one who's writing this. It's in red. And so he goes on, very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So I want you to circle or pay attention in your Bible, the word ask and whatever you ask the father in my name. Just getting that phrase to settle, whatever you ask the father in my name. Now for me, Initially hearing this, it seems like an infomercial. It seems like it's over-promising and under-delivering. Have you ever bought something on Instagram, an Insta commercial, and you get it and it 100% is not the way they made it look? Can I tell you, go ahead, put the app shocker on and keep eating Krispy Kremes. It's not going to work, okay? It's over-promising. It's under-delivering. And for me, this statement, it kind of pushes the envelope, so we need to take it slowly and begin to see what is Jesus actually saying. He's, and I love this. He says this, truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So did you get that? He said, whatever you ask in my name, 
the Father will give you. First, we're going to come back to that. For me, I do pray about everything, and I have taken this scripture to heart for over four decades. I believe we can pray about everything. Now, let's just put the brakes on. When I read this, and I hear Jesus saying, up until now, you have not asked anything in my name, but you will not ask me. You will ask the Father, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it that your joy would be full or complete, and that he would be glorified. Now, I just want you to know, God is a good heavenly father. That is who he is, and I am loved by him, and that's who I am. One of my grandkids, his favorite places to go, Rio and Quincy. Abishai's too young, but I'm sure he will like it too. They love Rocket Fizz on Main Street, the crazy candy store. And so... We, as grandparents, the beautiful thing about being a grandparent is that you really could get them high on sugar and just give them back and torture your children. You know, no, come on. And so we'll go, hey, if you eat your meal, we will go to Rocket Fizz. And they say, okay. And I said, now, boys, you just get one thing. I want you to ask for one thing, but whatever you ask, you can get it, but it's just one thing. That never uh, plays well because Rio will come and he picks out a dinosaur, but then he wants a candy. And I said, no, Rio, you can only ask for one thing. And then Rio, he does not like the word no. And can I say, no is not a bad word. I remember when Jude was four, Becky was frying something in a skillet because she's from Louisiana. She eats fried tomatoes, fried chicken, fried okra. She'll fry her grandmother and eat. No, come on. And she was frying something in the skillet, and Jude kept on trying to touch it. And I said, Jude, no, 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 it's hot. Then I turned around, kid you not, Jude started screaming. He tried to kiss the hot skillet. His lips blew up like someone on television, my goodness. I think that's why he has big lips today, you know, is because he violated that. No, can I tell you right now, when we go to Rocket Fizz, no is a good answer, believer, because if God gave me everything I ever asked for, my world would be impaired, for real. I think there's a country western song Lord, thank you, you didn't answer the prayer when I prayed to marry the girl in sixth grade. How many of you prayed to marry the first person you had a crush on? Thank God he didn't answer that prayer. Can I get a hallelujah in the house? Can I get a wave offering on that? No is an answer to petitions. And if you do get a no, you're going to have two responses. You're going to go Rio or Quincy. Now, when Rio is told no, he'll start crying or whining. So I will tell him, Rio, use your words. Now, you complain, you'll remain. But if you praise, you'll be raised. He says, but I want five candies. And I said, well, what would your dad say about five candies? I think he would say yes. I said, no, Rio, no. Now, Quincy's opposite. Quincy will come. I said, no, Quince, one. My Quince, sir, just one. You get one thing. He comes back. He has about 20 things, and he's dropping them all over Rocket Fizz. 
Now, when I tell him no, now listen, in life, we pretty much have, well, three responses. Number one, you could accept the no with gratitude. Number two, you can complain about the response. Or number three, Quincy doesn't, he doesn't whine. He'll look right at you and I go, Quincy, no. He'll go, nope. And I go, oh. I say, give me that candy, boy. No. Can I say, when it says, up until now, you have not asked anything in my name, let me just say, Jesus is introducing a covenant principle. Jesus has a name that is above every other name. And in the Bible, when it says name, names are important in the Bible. Number one, they represent a function or an office. So like a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. Well, guess who Jesus is? He's Lord and Savior. That is his function. I am a sinner. I need a Savior. A name in the Bible also represents someone's character. So if your Nabal in the Old Testament, he acted foolishly, his name actually means foolish or fool. And he represented his name. Abram, that was his name before he met God. And so get this, his, he was the father of the high place or the altitude. But when God changed his name to Abraham, he said, now you will be a father to many nations. So when Jesus is compelling us, actually it's a command. John 14 is not a suggestion. This is a holy command from Christ. Christ about the way we pray and he's introducing the concept that we can pray about anything in his name and when he says up until now you have not asked anything in my name you're not going to ask me but you're going to ask the father for whatever and to me that's a tricky word whatever you want in my name and you will he's going to give it to you now we have to pause and put on the brakes I will not give Rio I don't care how many times he asks 20 pieces of taffy because it's going to make him sick of the stomach God is not just a vending machine where our asking is like putting a dollar in and getting a candy bar out. This is a relationship. And so get this, when he said my name, it means that we're now going to be married to Jesus, that we are the bride of Christ. And so Becky, for example, before we were married uh, 36 years ago, she practiced writing our name, Mr. and Mrs. Fuquay. And so she couldn't use my name until she married me. Can I say when it comes to Jesus, you can't date Jesus and have a successful prayer life. You have to be willing to be joined to Jesus, marry Jesus, and you begin to ask the Father in that name. You have a covenant representing you, and your desire and your asking becomes a very fruitful way to live to bring God glory. Amen. Now, I, I, I need to go a little bit further with this, okay? So when we begin to say, whatever you ask in my name, look, God wants you to be successful. God wants me to be successful. Let's say it this way. God desires that we're all successful. But my Lisa, you can be successful and not be fruitful. You see what brings God glory. Let me just stop. Mediocrity never brings God glory. 
mediocrity. God doesn't want us to be just average people. God wants us not only to be successful, but fruitful. And to be fruitful, you have to be seedful. And one of the greatest seeds that you and I could plant is seeds of praying about everything. I am going to show you as we get to the end of this sermon how my life was changed forever and why I knew in a second at the age of 20 while I should pray about everything. Now, many people have, they're misguided. Many believers think, well, you know, really, I can't ask God for a purse or a parking spot or that I get a new pair of tennis shoes, some new kicks or a fresh haircut. I have even prayed when I'm at Starbucks and I see a donut that looks better, the second one from the end. And I have three people in front of me. I said, Lord, please do not let them get that donut. And it works. I kid you not. I have seen it where they, the Lord, I feel like he's playing with me. The person goes, no, I'll have the first one. No, no, no. Give me the second one. No, the first one. No, give me the third one. It's like, oh, hell, Mary. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. You know, I pray about everything, and I'm going to tell you why in a moment. But when we pray about everything, we're planting seeds where we become fruitful, and it's that in that that God is glorified. Now, I want you to do this. I want you to go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 7, and we're really asking from the heart. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I have a slight essential tremor, and so sometimes specifically my right hand, as I've gotten older, it shakes a little bit and I have a little bit of medication and sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't but I have a contact that I wear and you should see me trying to get the contact in without a short and simple Lord help prayer all I say is help Lord because I'm trying to get the contact in if I don't pray the prayer Lord help I'm like this, and I'll try to put the contact on my nose, you know. But I kid you not, probably I would say 90-something percent of the time, if I just utter, and it's just me and God, sometimes Becky's in the bathroom at her vanity, I simply say, God help. And I kid you not, the finger becomes steady, even under a little shaking, and it goes right in. In that moment, I, you know what comes out of my mouth? Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm not in a religion. This is not just vogue spirituality. This is a relationship with God. And it absolutely astonishes me that he would answer the contact prayer. And a misnomer and a misguided thought is, well, I don't want to bother God. If God can be bothered, then he's not God. If you could take away from God, he's not God. If you could add to God, he's not God. God is not like the ocean. If you take, you know, 50 million buckets of water at the ocean or the lake that is going to dissipate God, it's impossible for God to decrease or increase because if he increases, that means you added to him. If he decreases, that means you took something from him. When I pray, it does not add or take away from God. It just glorifies God and it shows that you trust God. Are you with me on that? And so I, I want to ask. Now, I want to read this. I want to go to Matthew chapter 7, and I love this. And I want you to know this. If I only pray about global things or huge things or things that are kind of removed from me, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, 
We should be praying for the war on the uh, continent of Europe. We should be praying for King Charles III, that his monarchy would be one that glorified God. We should pray for our nation. We should pray for our president. We should pray for the council here in our city. However, if my prayers are only for big uh, global issues, then my relationship with God, we, I may not even know when he answers. It's, it's in the realm of praying about everything when those short little, it's, it's insignificant in one sense. Lord, help me with the contact. But when it does, it releases an energy, hear me, a spark of faith within me. And I want to pose this question. Don't worry, I'm going to teach it at the end. How in the world can God answer my prayer for the saving of California if I can't believe him for a parking spot? Are you with me on that? You know, I have prayed for, I remember Becky and I, when Jude was about three, we were getting one of those battery operated trunks and we only had our budget for Christmas was 700. Well, this was 600 to $700. And Becky said, there's no way we're spending our entire Christmas budget on this three-year-old. I said, okay, but let's do this. Can we, she goes, Jude, we just can't afford it. I go, I know, but your name's Becky, not God. So won't we do this? Let's put our hands on this toy and let's ask God to reduce the price. We did that. We didn't yell. It was short. It was simple. It, and, and we went and prayed over it. The next week, we go back. It's reduced more than 50%. We were able to get Jude the truck and buy her what she wanted. And yes, I got underwear and socks. <laughs> I should have asked for more. My goodness. Okay, are you in Matthew? Go to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start with uh, verse 7. Now remember, ask from the heart. Write that down. Ask from your heart. You have to put your desire in it. Now let me, just before I read, I have to tell you this. Watch what you ask for. Because remember the children of Israel, they asked for quail. And God gave them quail. But later on in the Old Testament, he says he gave them the desire of their heart, but it brought leanness to their soul. So watch what you ask for, but you should ask for everything. Then the next one is ask like a child. Ask like a child. Here it goes. This is Matthew 7, verse 7, amplified. You have to do it in the loud version. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. It's Christ speaking. Seek and keep on seeking. The reason the amplified does it this way, because these words, ask, seek, and knock, they are in the present tense, not meaning that you ask once, knock once, seek once. So here we go. And keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Look, when someone comes to your house, they don't just do this. People go, Benjamin, what is that? Now, you should see how the grandkids knock. I'm coming, Rio. God wants you to be bold, rude, don't consider timing, but ask and keep on asking, okay? Children are not aware of being polite or rude. You would be shocked at my grandkid. Jude, chocolate milk. Jude, orange juice. Jude, it's like I'm going to change my name to Becky, you know? Can I say, but you know what? I like it when they command. I like it when they ask. And I don't want them to ask in reservation. I want them kind of to throw caution to the wind and ask. So let's keep on. This is verse 8. For everyone who keeps on asking does what? 
receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds, and to him who keeps on knocking, it will be open to them. Now, let me just say this, and this is what I want to begin to expound. Last week, we taught from St. Francis de Salle that we accept, that becomes a sacrament. We offer, that becomes a sacrifice. Get this, I really, I need to expound on this because this could be tricky. That we accept. Now, I just want to pause. I do think we do need to accept the outcome. However, I would put a pause on St. Francis de Salle's formula and process. Not everything that comes into my life or your life is of God. So when I say the word accept, I have to put a parenthetical thought, except with discernment. And I need to discern, is this situation in my life, is it God bringing this into my life, or is it a result of my own ill behavior? When I, I've done this, you're going to be mad at me. I'm very, very sorry. Sometimes I try to outrun that yellow arrow coming on telephone road from Victoria and Satan is a liar because the flash goes and I thought no it was yellow it was yellow but you could tell by my face it was guilty 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 <laughs> and the picture doesn't lie and it shows the car was still right there in Victoria, not even started the turn when it turned red. Who deceived me? Myself. Now, am I gonna blame that? God, I just accept this ticket. You wanted me to have it. That is foolishness. I received the ticket because of my own silly driving, okay? And one Formenko said, because he did the same thing, he brought a brother of his brother, Sasha, Dan, me, she, and they all kind of look alike. And he said, just bring the judge a picture. I said, my goodness, what? Who am I going to bring? Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Jim Carrey? <laughs> David Beckham? Come on, I don't know. <laughs> when we say accept, we've got to discern if it is God then we accept it, and that becomes a surrendered life. However, there is a devil. And when Becky was diagnosed, I didn't take that as God sending us something to teach us a lesson. I actually, I had an aggression against the disease and hell that was trying to take my wife's life prematurely. And so I want you to take this reference down. I wrote it. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It comes from the King James, not New King James. I mean, old LeBron James. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah 45, 11. It says, ask me, here it goes. That's that word. Ask me, ask me of things concerning, uh, things to come concerning my sons. Did you get that? Ask me of things to come. That means future concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Now get this, this is how it says in the Old King James. Command ye me. Command ye me. And I've seen young professionals like at Collective do this a lot. Lord, what do you want? Lord, what do you want? Lord, this is their prayer and that's a great prayer to ask. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? Sometimes I think Almighty God's saying, what do you want? What do you want? 
Well, Lord, I want what you want. He goes, right, well, I want what you want. What do you want? Can I see there is a point in our relationship with God, and I really hope Rio and Quincy get to this place with Becky and I, that we will be able to reason together. When you're three or four, you have no reasoning power when you're in Rocket Fizz, a candy store. So that's where no is going to be important. However, there will be a day we will be able to reason together. And when Rio says, Jude, what do you want from me? I go, well, what do you want, son? Well, what do you want? I go, no, tell me what you want because I want to put all my power resources behind what you want to make you not only successful but fruitful that I, God, not me, but God himself would be glorified. Can you say amen? And so Doris Day used to sing a song in the, I think, 70s, K Sarah, Sarah, which means whatever will be, will be. And, and I was raised Catholic, and I want to say I think sometimes when we approach God through that Catholic mindset, we almost can have a fatalistic mentality, meaning we are powerless in this situation. And for me, I'm happy about Martin Luther, who said our people live well because they pray well, and I believe they pray well because they pray about everything, and they keep asking, they keep seeking, they keep knocking, and somehow in that, God is elevated. Now, let me just tell you this. For me, like the contact, when God... Uh, helps me put the contact or a parking spot there's a spark of life that hits my own believing heart and can I tell you any dead salmon can float downstream Uh, Chesterton said this he said dead things float downstream however when we pray about everything there is a quickening that happens within your soul and my soul and we're able to turn around and fight and swim against a counterculture of a woke culture of hell itself I am not dead I have been made alive and when I pray about everything and it may even seem insignificant there is something that happens now the word repent actually means you were going this way and what was the way that seemed right to me the way that I only prayed about high and lofty things but never about everything that is deception because in praying about everything you begin to change your mind you change your mind about God that he's able to do it you change your heart about God that he wants to do it most of all you change your position with God and you give him the keys of your heart and you say hey shotgun you drive my life it's called lordship and you experience that as we pray about everything are you with me on that and I really do believe that now I want to go a little bit further okay ask from the heart write that down and we're going to be ending ask like a child but I really want you to think about this one ask for others and nations If my petitionary prayers, which means prayers that ask God for something of myself, for others, for people groups or nations, that's when God is glorified. Watch me. If all I ask is a purse for Becky and a parking spot when we go to the Lord, then my prayers are going to end up like cotton candy. They may have a little bit of taste, but they will have no substance. Now, I want you to go to Psalms 2.8. Go to Psalms 2.8. I know it. I'm going to quote it. 
but you're going to Psalms 2.8, and here's that word. Remember, prayers of the heart are short and simple. They are unceasing, and they pray about everything. Now listen to this. This is God speaking. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your petition. God says, ask me. I want you to go to one other scripture. Go to Philippians 4, 6. And the way you could remember this reference, whenever you're in a fix, flip to Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. No, petition is simply asking. With thanksgiving, Rio, Rio, come on, complain, you remain. Praise and you'll be raised. Use your words. Just say thank you, thanks, thanks. Then get this, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My family was successful, and this is where we're going to end today. We're talking about prayers of the heart. Prayers of the heart ask about anything. I am convinced if we don't pray about everything, we probably don't pray about anything. But it's in those short prayers that give us that spark of faith in life to ask for big things. My parents could have paid for me to go to any university I would have been accepted to or chose. They really wanted me to go to Louisiana State University. But Lord God had different plans. I would give my heart to Jesus Christ. I still can't believe that he chose me. I, I just cannot believe that. And he knew what he got when he got me. Jesus knows my sin more than anyone, and he loves me better and higher and more consistently than anyone. And I would be called to go to a Christian university in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so when I went to my mom at the time, I was saying, I'm wanting to go to the Christian university, this Christian university. And they had just bought my twin sister and I a brand new car. It was already paid for. And mama says, well, if you're choosing that, and this is what you're doing, you're choosing this God way. She goes, it's a fad, and you'll see. Well, mama, she's in heaven, and now she knows it's not a fad. It's 42 years later. It was a conversion. And I said, well, I'm going to Oral Roberts University. She said, then you'll have to pay for it yourself. That was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Because then I knew it wasn't my parents and their success that became my source. But God himself was my source. And so the first miracle, I needed a ride because I couldn't take the car they had given me. So I went to my first Christian concert in Lafayette, Louisiana. It was Don Francisco. He sang the song, He's Alive, like someone was shaking him. His voice would vibra had a vibrato to it. And at the intermission, someone came up. I don't know if it was Angel or not, and said, see that girl? She goes to Oral Roberts University, and she needs writers. And I went and I said, do you go to ORU? Yes. Do you need writers? Yes. When are you leaving? Monday. I'll meet you at the mall in Lafayette at 8 in the morning. How much do you want? She said, $25. I thought, that seems good to me. And I would go to Oral Roberts University. It was my first fall break. 
which was a 10-day break. It was Friday to the next Monday. And all I had was $20. And I'd never been in this situation before. Mom and dad, money was never an issue. It was never an issue. It was never an issue. And so I thought, I'm going to walk to the supermarket. And because cafeteria was only open for breakfast, you'll eat a big, big breakfast. But for lunch and dinner, for the 10 days, you will have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so I went, I had my $20. I thought, well, maybe I could get some milk. And so I'm walking, and I'm holding the $20 in my right hand as if it was 10000 just holding it. But I'm, I'm loving God and talking. A woman with her son pulls over in a dilapidated truck. And she goes, are you riding or walking? I go, I'm walking to the supermarket. She says, well, get in. I'm going to the supermarket. And so she kept driving. And she said, I'm a believer. Are you? I said, yes, I am too. She said, my husband kicked my son and I, and the son was in the truck, out because we're believers, and he's been physically abusive. So I had to leave the home. And she said, the Lord told me to go to the supermarket and he would provide my lunch. Now, C.S. Lewis said this. If you have the thought, oh, God's good. He's going to provide my lunch. Now, Jesus, come feed me. Without going to the grocery store, you're probably not going to get your lunch. So right when she said that, the Lord spoke to my mind. It was an impression. And I could tell you, I know it was God. Because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> he said, give her your 20. In my head, I spoke right back. That's the cool thing about praying. You could even pray in your head. <laughs> when you don't like the answer. I said, Lord, that's all I have. And right back. Yes, and I'm not asking you to give $21. I'm asking you to give her the 20. I was white knuckling that 20. I got out of the truck. It's as real to me right now as it was 40 something years ago. I said, here's your lunch. This is for you. And I walked all the way back to the university. I got to my dorm room, I kid you not, I thought, I guess you're going to be fasting. <laughs> what a joy. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Do you really think God is going to tell you and I and John up until now you haven't asked for anything? But you, whatever you ask the Father in this covenantal relationship, he'll give it, you'll receive it, he'll give it to you. Hey, it could be a trick. It could be a possible door that you begin to ask. Oh, and you get that life... Contact goes in, parking spot removed. I mean, you got. But if you're going to ask him for anything in the name of Jesus, guess what the Father is going to begin to do with us? Ask us for things. Give her the $20. We cannot, this is not a vending machine. This isn't a computer where you put new software in. You're in a relationship. And if you're asking God for things, guess what? He's going to ask you for things. 
So I open my door, I kid you not, there's a white envelope. Every Bible college student hear me. You're learning the greatest thing you can learn in your entire life. That men, women, church is not your source, only God is your source. And you can ask him with a heart like a child and you can receive. However, you should fully expect him to require things and ask you of things. So I open the door, kid you not, there's a white envelope with Jude, my name. If you don't know, that's my name. And in it was a hundred dollars. I ran around that room at Jericho March, I kid you not. I ran to the supermarket. Oh, I didn't get just peanut butter and jelly. I ate like a king for the week. When I was walking back, this is what changed my life forever. And this is when I knew I would always pray about everything. The father spoke to my mind. He said, son, and this is the order. He said, how can you believe me for the salvation of your nation? the poor and the needy of the world. And he said this, I kid you not, it was in 1980. And how can you believe me to cure AIDS if you cannot believe me to give you lunch and dinner and breakfast for a week? If you cannot believe me for these very simple, tangible things, how can you believe me for things that are not simple? And in that moment, I knew there was a connection about me praying about everything and then me asking God for nations, for people groups, for our nation in our city. We have Ukraine students and when Yana and Masha and Tim came, especially Timothy, I started crying. And I know they had the sense that we had met. I said, yes, we have met a long time ago, probably before you were born, in the place of prayer. Because that day, walking back from that supermarket with nothing in my hands, in a hungry stomach, never ever did I ever face that because my family had the means. It was the fullest I had ever been in my life. And I knew then that my life would not just use asking for my own selfishness, but that God somehow could transform me to really asking for big things. And it was in that moment at the age of 20, I began to pray for the former Soviet Union. And then it, when it was dismantled, praying for Ukraine, you said, where did you meet them? In the place of prayer, asking God to literally save Ukrainian young people. People say, how do the Ukraines know you love them it's in the place of prayer like a child when you begin to not just pray for a parking spot but you begin to pray for a human being God is moved we so appreciate you spending time with us if you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California you can go to our website citychurchca.com and click give thanks again and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday